another Live the Patriots podcast. It is just another incredible Monday morning for this New England Patriots team. They come back again for the third week in a row. They trail in a game uh, this time 19-3 to in the third quarter, 26-14 to with two and a half minutes to play. And once again, they find a way to win 27-26 at the Horn. And first off, this was not the game that I nor anyone else in the football world expected uh, this these two teams to play. I think everyone pretty much assumed that the Browns might come out early and you know hang around just because the Patriots have notoriously of late gotten off to slow starts, and that the Patriots would turn it on and pull away because they were the better team and they'd find a way to win and they would just play a better game. Uh, That is not what happened on Sunday. I was at this game. I saw it in person. And I don't think the Patriots so much has started slow because they came out soft or came out flat. I think the Browns just played the best game they could play for 57 and a half minutes. Um and then for two and a half minutes, the Patriots played the best they could play. And they somehow won this game. Um, but for the most part, during during the game uh, and on Sunday, it, it didn't look good. Um, things just didn't seem to be going the Patriots' way, especially early on. They, they gave up two long drives and managed to hold the Browns to field goals. And you're feeling okay about that for this Patriots defense, which uh, we'll get into needs some serious, serious work if anything can be done. Um. Uh, but you even trailing six nothing at half, uh, you were upset. I'm sure the Patriots were upset about not being able to put the ball in the end zone. But everyone, for the most part, felt you could come back and win this game. Um, but then you know you 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 give up another a touchdown and you're down twelve nothing and it's okay. All right, twelve nothing now. Now now we got to start making something happen. You go and you get a field goal. All right, twelve twelve three. Well, then you give up another touchdown (laughs) um and you're down 19 to 3 and things are starting it's like all right third come on guys like we gotta gotta make a play here gotta gotta do something now and the patriots go and they're driving and gronkowski gets hurt and that was the last thing um I'll, i'll get into we're gonna get into the the update and all my thoughts on the gronk injury but gronk goes down and the the collective breath of the stadium just dissipated. I mean, it was a point where the Patriots really needed to drive. They needed to make something happen. Gronk makes a big play, and the stadium's cheering because we're getting excited, trying to fire this team up, get them going. And Gronk gets flipped over, and as soon as he didn't get up and you saw him hitting the ground and, and grabbing his knee, everyone thought it, at first it, he heard it had landed on his arm, but as soon as you saw him his, grabbing at his knee and hitting the ground, you knew what had happened. And when you saw it happen... Uh, a guy's helmet straight into his knee. You knew it wasn't going to be good. Um, and even for, I think, any other player um, wouldn't have even been able to get up. <laughs> his knee would have been in pieces um, and dislocated and broken. Gronkowski, because he's such a, a force, uh, you know, obviously he's still in one piece. But, <laughs> well, like I said, we'll, we'll get into more of that injury later. But that that took the wind. It, what little wind was starting to come into the Patriots' sails left with that injury because they turned the ball over on the very next play. Um, and then the Browns go down, and you know they 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 pull ahead nineteen to three. Well, the Patriots now desperate need of a drive at the end of the third quarter. Um, go down, 
Shane Vereen, they put together th- this. This was the Shane Vereen day. Uh, Twelve catches on seventeen targets for 158 yards and a rushing touchdown. Just a monster performance. Uh, he was one of my Pez Point winners this week. Um, he's he's pretty much the only mismatch guy they have left. They have a lot of good offensive players, uh, and if Dobson and, and Tompkins can get healthy, um, along with Amendola and Edelman, you know those guys are, are good players, but they don't present mismatches. Gronkowski was a mismatch player because of his height and his speed and his strength. Um, without him, Vereen is really your only mismatch player, and the Patriots exploited that mismatch. He was routinely covered by linebackers, um, both coming out of the backfield or when they'd split him out wide, and the Patriots, that that was the mismatch, and Brady went to it again and again and again and again. Um, and Vereen had a very big day, and on this drive, hauled in a 51-yard touchdown, uh, um, f- excuse me, 51-yard catch, uh, over-the-shoulder catch, which we've been calling for Vereen to finally make. Uh, I think he's adjusted to wearing that cast maybe a little bit. Um, and then, obviously, you know he has the rushing touchdown on that drive. And the Patriots, they, they pull with an eight. They go for two. They get it 19-11. to 11, um, And eventually they cut it to 19-14 to 14, um, late in the fourth quarter. And then the Brown. you just wanted to get a stop. This team, this Patriots defense... Just get one stop. Give this team a chance to go down and win this game. And what happens? You know, Browns cross into Patriots territory. They get a holding penalty. Third and 17, and you're thinking, all right, blitz. Blitz this guy. Make him make a quick throw. Come on, make the tackle. Get off the field. No. They rush four. They can't get there. Campbell steps up, makes an incredible throw, um, but without being under any duress. Uh, to Josh Gordon um, for a first down. It's just another example of how his Patriots defense this year has been so good despite the, the injuries. They, they, they've stum- they somehow make plays, but in a critical situation like that, third and long, you got to get off the field. Um, and it's, it's a bad trend that in the past five, six weeks, we've seen them get beat in these third and long um, downs, whether it's a screen that they just aren't aware of or they're not playing right, or uh, leaving a guy like Josh Gordon open uh, beyond the first down mark is inexcusable. Uh, now, it wasn't a great catch and a great throw by, by Campbell, but in that situation, blitz. Make him make the quick throw. Um, but you know, and it's, it set the, the Browns up uh, inside Patriots territory, and thinking, all right, gosh, all right, they'll, they'll kick a field goal, and maybe we get a chance to, to go down and, and – you know, get the ball back and maybe tie this game with another two-point conversion and a touchdown. Um, and they end up giving up uh, a wide-open touchdown uh, to Jordan Cameron. And you're looking at it, 26 to uh, 14, two and a half minutes left, and everyone's just thinking this game is over. It's over, and the fans started to leave. Now, I, for one, am always of thought, I paid a lot to be at this game. I'm going to stay Till the bitter end, whether I'm winning or I'm losing, because I paid to be here and I wanna, I wanna watch, I watch, watch the game. I wanna watch the entire game that I paid for. And it's two and a half minutes. I'm not gonna beat any amount of traffic for two and a half minutes of playing time. I might as well stay. And maybe you'll see something crazy. I, I thought Patriots fans had learned their lesson once already, leaving during that Saints game. Um, evidently not. Evidently they thought 26 to 24 can't can't be overcome. It can't happen. Um, I had a, a roommate. Uh, former college roommate who was at the game. I saw I saw him leaving. Uh, 
I wanted to yell to him, don't leave. And pe people are leaving. I was with my father, and he's saying, you know, don't leave. There's there's still time left. But everyone, I mean, and, and in, in our hearts, I think everyone figured this game was over. Um, but this Patriots team, somehow, no matter what the situation is, no matter what's going on, they remain calm. They remain poised. And to that point, they hadn't really done much all game. They hadn't driven the ball the length of the field. They hadn't had any sustained drives, any sustained success. They had one drive. You know where they scored the touchdown to Vereen, but they hadn't been able to do anything. And in 90 seconds, Brady takes them, ding, 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 straight down the field, and scores a touchdown to to Edelman. Um, and they tack on uh, unnecessary roughness penalty because of a shot to the head. Um, and with a minute left, everyone knows what, what what's coming. Page is going to have to kick an onside kick, and I'm thinking, ugh, this is brutal. We go score a touchdown. We're going to be within a touchdown. And we're going to kick an outside kick. We're not going to get it. Browns need the ball out, and we lose. And it's just you get your hopes up for, for no reason. But, hey, stranger things have happened, right? Um, so the Patriots line up for the outside kick, and I've said all the time, and I know a lot of other analysts have said, why guys try to you know make that little lob kick to the side or why they kick it towards the side because if it goes out of bounds, the ball's out of play. Keep the ball in play for as long as you want. I've always said you should either try and lob it into that little gap um, like 20 yards downfield and create a pile, or just kick it straight ahead, like a surprise kick, or a little pooch kick, and that's exactly what they went with. They had the you know two bunches of players on either end, and Guskowski in the middle, and just as he's running up to the ball, everyone sprinted into the middle, and Guskowski pooches the ball and manages to get in front of it and slide, and ideally the play is for the ball to slide right into Guskowski, um, but a Browns player who misplayed the ball, kind of touches it, Kyle Anderson recovers, and somehow, some way, the Patriots have the ball with a minute to play, and they're down 26-21, and a touchdown wins this game. And I know a lot of people complain that uh, the Patriots fans aren't loud, that it doesn't get loud in that stadium, that you know people don't cheer, they don't know when to cheer. I'll say this. Some people said that game wasn't loud. At that point, when the Patriots recovered that onside kick, that stadium was loud, and it was roaring. And the fans that – even with the fans that left, it was, it was deafening. I was up in, uh, up in the upper sections uh, in, the, you know, in, the, in the 300 levels, and it was, it was loud up there. Now, I don't know if you're sitting in a booth if you think it's loud, but when you're up there with the – where basically no one left, um, it was loud, and it was rocking – and especially the fact that the Patriots then get in position to score, um, that stadium got loud. Um, and it, it continued to get even louder. Um, Josh Boyce draws uh, a pass interference call, which I'll get into more detail on. That Those are the two things that I want to hit on the, P the PI call, my thoughts on that, and Gronk's injury um, in more detail. But he, he draws that pass interference call, Patriots first and goal. Amendola scores a touchdown, and like I said, that stadium <laughs> was going insane. This team was dead to rights. The Browns fans, who there were Browns fans at this game, and they were scattered throughout the stadium. There were a couple in my section. were all gloating, happy. I mean, for them, this is this was their Super Bowl. They had come to New England and beat the Patriots. So they were all yucking it up. And then two and a half minutes later, this team, which was dead to rights, everyone's sitting here, oh, doom and gloom, Gronk's hurt, Patriots are losing to the Browns, the season's over. And then you look up and it's like, how how did that just happen? Am I, you couldn't believe your eyes that what just happened had happened. Um, but there was still 35 seconds left on the clock. And 
Everyone was excited. We're ahead. Yay. But this Patriots defense <laughs> had already given up some big plays this game. And you knew – I just knew the Browns are going to be in a position to maybe, you know, win this game because the Patriots didn't get the two-point conversion. So a field goal beats you. And lo and behold, Jason Campbell <laughs> drives the team down, spikes the ball um, after a remarkable catch by Jordan Cameron. And I, I said it before, Josh Gordon and Jordan Cameron are for real. They are incredible players. They're incredible talents. Um, if Josh Gordon can keep it together as far as not violating any more league league policies, um, he's going to stick around and be a serious, serious player um, for years to come along with Jordan Cameron. Um, he is an incredible player. He made an incredible catch on that final drive for the Browns, which got them in position with six seconds left. And, you know, Campbell hurries the team up to the line, and they spike the ball with one second left. And... Who's, com- who's coming out to kick but Billy Cundiff to attempt a 58-yarder to win the game for the Browns. And obviously everyone knows the history with Cundiff, missing that field goal in the AFC Championship game uh, that sent the Patriots to the Super Bowl. So everyone, every, everyone that whole stadium, Cundiff, Cundiff, the whole stadium is chanting his name, drawing him. That stadium was loud at that moment. Uh, anyone that says that the Patriots fans weren't loud there must have had their ears closed or must have already been in their car driving away saying, the Patriots fans aren't loud. That stadium was loud. I could feel the the section we were sitting in, you know, was had a little, had the, we're in the overhang section in the upper deck, was shaking. So the stadium was shaking, and that doesn't happen unless you have loud, excited fans. And from the angle we were at, the... The TV angle, you'd think that Cundiff's kick had a chance because it was right down the pipe, um, but it was short. And you're watching the ball from our perspective because we were near midfield, and you see the ball go up, and you're thinking, oh, God, he's got it. And then it must have just caught the wind just a little bit, and then it just starts to drop and fall, and you see it's going to be short. It's going to be short. And the whole stadium went crazy. And you sit there almost in disbelief that two and a half minutes ago – you just gave up a long touchdown, 26-14, uh, game over. No, There's no way the Patriots can come back from this one. This is too much. And somehow they find a way, and that has just been, that's been the theme of this team. They find a way to win games. It, it's been incredible. Now, there's been so many of them this season that you almost can't believe that they, they keep doing it. The way they did it against the Saints – the way they came back against the Broncos, and then obviously the comeback wasn't as dramatic last week against the Texans, but they put themselves in a hole in that game as well. And then this week, um, putting yourself in a 12-point hole with two and a half minutes to go, you basically have to play flawlessly and execute everything flawlessly. And they did, and they won. And it's a testament to the mental toughness of this team and the heart that they play with. Uh, after you know all the adversity that they've gone through, I mean, this team is ten and three, first in the AFC East, second in the conference, and if someone said to you, you know, all right, going into Week 15 in the NFL, the Patriots will be without Rob Gronkowski, he will have missed you know seven games of the season, gets he 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 gets injured, Gerard Mayo's on injured reserve, Vince Wilfork is on injured reserve. Tommy Kelly is on injured reserve. You're playing five rookies on defense. Uh, Aaron Hernandez is in jail. Wes Welker's in Denver. Two of your rookie draft picks are sitting on the sidelines, hurt. What do you think? What do you What do you think their 
their their record would be. And if someone had told you, oh, they'll be ten and three, first in the AFC East, second in the conference, you you would have been laughed at. It would have been no one would believe you. But that's where they are, and it, it's because of two people that this Patriots team continues to just chug along, and it's because of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Tom Brady continues to carry this team and put this team on his back. Uh, we've said it for years that Brady can't do it himself. We need to get these. We need to get pieces around him. He needs a running game. He needs help. Um, he can't be asked to do it all. Yet here he is doing it, doing it all. Um, late in games when they've needed it, it seems like it, it, it's just magical where they can't do anything the whole game. Yet crunch time hits, and all of a sudden it's just like Joe Cool or Joe uh, Joe Montana. Brady just sits in the pocket, delivers the passes, calls the plays, moves the team down the field, and you know I had. It's almost like there's no doubt. Oh, the page, the, nope, there's no doubt. Patriots are going to score a touchdown here, you know, when, when they had the ball in their hands. Um, it was just an incredible come-from-behind win. Uh, an, another classic game, another comeback for Brady. It's just, it, it was surreal to be at and experience. Um, and another incredible win for this team, and a great win for this team. Now, it did come at a price, and I guess we'll get into that uh, That next, is the Gronkowski injury. Reports now saying that he has both a torn ACL and MCL, um, and obviously will miss the remainder of this season. Uh, not, no word yet on when he'll have surgery to repair those. Usually with the MCL, you want to let it heal um, on its own before you go and have some sort of reparative surgery. Um, the ACL obviously can be operated on uh, at any time. Um, but as soon as those reports come in, we'll get them to you. I'll put that that news will be up on the website uh, and on, on the Twitter feed. Um, thoughts on the injury. Um, one, it's just like Wes Welker's injury um, as far as the injury itself um, in Houston a couple of years ago, um, towing ACL and MCL. And as we know, everyone thought Welker, I'm done for the year, obviously, and he you know might be back for the start of next season, more likely some somewhere in the middle of the season, put him on the PUP list, and or he might miss the whole 2010 season in general. And... He was back week one and had a very productive season. So obviously it's within the realm of possibility. Obviously sports medicine has gotten uh, – has has improved by leaps and bounds over the past couple of years, even from where it was um, just five years ago. Um, so Gronkowski could be back for the regular season. Um, no idea whether he'll be the same player he is. Uh, you know What an injury like that will take away from his game. He's a guy that plays with reckless abandon. Uh, that's not what got him hurt on this play, um, but will a knee injury kind of make him more tentative um, and take away from that recklessness? Um, could that be a good thing for him? <laughs> maybe he needs to play with less reckless abandon. Uh, maybe that could actually, in the long run, if this injury doesn't hamper him physically, uh, maybe mentally takes the edge off a little bit, and maybe he plays uh, maybe a more careful style of football. Um, that remains to be seen. Um, as far as the injury itself and how he got hurt, a lot of people are up in arms that it was a dirty hit, it was a legal hit, should the NFL change the rules. And I think as far as that injury, there there's two sides to this. One, I think the you know Ward going low on Gronkowski is a product of the rules. I think his thought process is, I can't hit him up high, so the focus for players is to go low anyways now. Uh, Brandon Merriweather said it a couple weeks ago. You're going to see people, I'm going to blow out somebody's knee. It's going to happen. Not that he wants to, but because 
he's going to be going low. These defensive backs, these safeties, they're going low on players, and this is what happens. You're going to have people's people's knees get blown out. Um, so obviously, and the, the player himself said it, you know, he went low because he's afraid of going up high. These guys are afraid of going up high, and this is what happens. Secondly, um, I think you don't have to go for the knee. I do think he launched himself. I think it's it it's another example of what I think is an epidemic of poor and just awful tackling technique in the NFL. The play, he made no effort to wrap up. I think if you want to go for you know you, you, a big guy, you get him down low. You don't have to launch your helmet at his knee. Wrap up his legs. Go for him that way. Um, I think he made no effort to do that at all. He made an effort to launch himself at the guy's knee. He launched himself low. Obviously, a guy like Gronkowski, you have to go. You have to go low. You have to go for his legs on a on a big guy and bring him down. That does not mean you launch him. You launch yourself rather at a guy's knee uh, and and at his legs like a missile. I mean, it, it's no different than launching at a guy's head. We want to protect players' heads, but don't you want to protect players' careers? Um, you've got to protect their, their knees as well. Now, I don't think these guys are playing a man's game. They don't need to be protected by the rules. But I think it's not a dirty hit, but it the way the rules are set up and the way they've been punishing guys and the fact that guys just aren't taught the proper way to tackle anymore, it seems, or guys are unwilling to tackle the right way, they just launch themselves like missiles around in the field. And instead of going for the head, they're going for the knees. So... The rules make these guys go low. Gronkowski being a big guy makes people want to go low and go for his legs. And a poor poor tackling technique leads to helmets going 100 miles an hour into guys' knees. And I think you know, people want to jump on Gronkowski here and say, Oh, Glaskowski, he's soft, he's, you know, he can't take a hit. I think any player, there's no player in the NFL or in any sport that could take a hit like that on your knee and get up from it and be fine. Any other player, I think, actually, his knee would have been in pieces. His knee would have been dislocated, and every ligament would have been torn, uh, and he would have been a mess. It, it would have been like Kevin Ware. His knee would have just been exploded uh, on the field. Um, Gronkowski took that hit and got flipped over, um, and obviously just an ACL and MCL. I, I thought, actually, when I first saw it, that he may have even dislocated it and done even more damage. Um but th- th- that's that's where I fall with this. The rules and, and Gronkowski being a big guy are making these guys more cognizant of going low. But you got to fix the tackling in the league. The, the tackling is just atrocious, and that that's where a lot of guys injure themselves and injure other people. They're leading with their heads, lead with the shoulder, wrap up. If he had just decided to go for his knees with his shoulder and wrapped up with his arms, this would have been fine. Launched with his head. That that's where I feel. That's where I I think not that it's a dirty hit. It's not a dirty hit. It's a legal hit. But that where the problems and where this, these injuries occur is the fact that tackling is just the technique and the skill of an art of tackling has completely lost, uh, been lost and left the NFL. Um, and obviously, uh, all our thoughts go out to Gronk. The guy worked so hard to get back this season with the, all the forms and surgeries. This is like his seventh or eighth surgery in a nine-month span. Um, it's it's just it, it's it's sad. Um, hopefully, this doesn't damage his career. And obviously, Patriots fans hope that he can be back for next season. Um, and obviously, 
his chances, the Patriots' chances going forward, we'll get in, into in a second here, um, are going to be much tougher. The margins for error just got even smaller from what it already was. Uh, but I wanted to jump back before we kind of look ahead um, at the Patriots' future to, to the pass interference call, which is something else that everyone has been talking about with this game. Uh, the pass interference call that Josh Boyce drew, um, I think um, it's it's a penalty you can call. It's been called this year. It's been called every year. Um, was it ticky-tack? Yes. Did it help the Patriots? Absolutely. Have calls like that gone against the Patriots? Absolutely. Was it? Is it fair that maybe they kind of balance themselves out? Sure. Um, I think the the, the the files that have went against the Patriots were a lot more egregious. I thought not calling holding on Luke Keekley was egregious. I thought calling the pushing foul on the, the Jets' field goal was a ticky-tack foul. I guess you want to go by the rules. And so the Patriots have had some calls go against them. Now this call, I thought it wasn't that it was an egregious penalty that either didn't go the Patriots' way or an egregious penalty that, all right, yep, that, that went the Patriots. The call went the Patriots' way. Was it, a pa- was it pass interference? By the letter of the law, sure. He impeded his his way to the ball or right to the ball, however you want it. He interfered with the receiver. Did he touch him on his back? Did he kind of tug on his arm? Yeah. But we've seen that kind of thing all year, and that's where I have a problem. Not the fact that it was called there. You can call pass interference there. You can. Um, a lot of people have issue with it because it looks ticky-tack. Um, my problem with the fact that you're going to make a ticky-tack call is that you didn't make ticky-tack calls the whole rest of the game. And they haven't made those ticky-tack calls all season. They've let these guys play tighter and rougher man-to-man coverage all season. And I, I liked it and enjoyed it. And I would have had no problem if they didn't call pass interference there. I would, I, I, people would have been harping on the fact, I think, more. And it's what I want to say is that I think Boyce still should have caught the ball. I don't think he was egregiously interfered with. He had a chance. He had his hands on that ball. I think if he catches that ball, scores that touchdown – in that instant, um, no one's talking about a pass interference call. Everyone's saying how Josh Boyce made an incredible catch and the Patriots you know, pro- you know, know, end up probably still winning, and none of it matters. Instead, it gets overshadowed because that call put the Patriots right on the one-yard line. Um, I think Boyce should have made the, the catch. I think that's not getting enough play. Um, I think that should be talked about more than the fact that he drew the call. The, the call happens uh, or doesn't happen. It's not. It's not a big deal. It was. For, it would still would have been second down for the Patriots, and they still would have had plenty of time to go down and win that game, um, and not leave any time on the clock for the Browns to even have a chance at a field goal. Um, I think Boyce not making that catch is probably bigger than the penalty getting called in my mind. Um, uh, Boyce was a guy who I thought had a good game. Uh, I gave him a Pez point this week, um, along with you know Vereen and, and Edelman as guys who had were big contributors on offense. It's his first serious time seeing action and getting involved in the offense. And I think this week he was more than just a guy and a body out there filling a spot. I thought he made plays, um, and that's a good sign. He's got speed, and if he can kind of continue to figure it out and figure out this offense, um, that speed will be a mismatch. That's what I talked about. You lose Gronkowski, who's a mismatch guy. Vereen's pretty much your only mismatch guy left. If Boyce's speed and if he can kind of figure things out and stay on the field, that's a mismatch. And you'll see more of Tom Brady trying to throw to him deep down the field because he can get behind guys. And he was behind guys on that play. Still, like I said, should have caught the ball. Um, Going forward now, what are the Patriots' chances? I think because the AFC is so weak, 
uh, they and you have Tom Brady and this team. I don't want to count them out. Everyone, I counted them out in this game. People counted them out in other games. Uh, I'm gonna stop doing it. I think, but hopefully, Patriots fans have learned by now. Until there's triple zeros on the clock, don't leave that stadium. Uh, I, I learned that lesson a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, watching the game at home don't give up on the team and i was like i'm no way i'm leaving this game until there's triple zeros on this clock hope if i see patriots fans leaving a home game again uh and the, the game has any relative chance of still being won by the patriots shame on you because you are you're not paying attention you haven't learned the lesson yet um so i'm not going to count i'm not going to say the patriots have no chance at a super bowl obviously they're 10 and 3 they're in the hunt for a super bowl all likelihood are going to wind up with the second seed a home playoff game You'll have to play Denver and Denver all likely, uh, in all likelihood, which is a game I still think they could win because Denver's defense is Swiss cheese, and maybe you can get into a shootout with them uh, in Denver. Now, if you go to a Super Bowl and play a team like San Francisco and Seattle, uh, you're going to have a lot tougher ch- time against those defenses um, without Gronkowski. So that that's that's then where, you know, can they get to a Super Bowl? I think their chances are smaller um but not totally extinguished can you beat one of these top nfc teams without gronkowski now now you're starting to push it and obviously you would have to see what the patriots this patriots team is like and how they're playing uh if you even get to that point um i still think they have a good chance you got three games left if they can get that by get this defense a little get these guys on defense healthy um you know, maybe they have a chance to, to, to make another miracle and probable run. This team has been proving people wrong and defying the odds all season with everything that's gone against them, and they they continue to win. And I, I don't know if you want to start throwing around the, the terms, you know, team of destiny, um, but if the Patriots were in a Super Bowl, I don't think it would surprise anyone. I think as long as you have Tom Brady and you have Bill Belichick, and it's what people have been saying for years, the Patriots always have a chance. You never count them out. Just like in this game, you can't count them out, and I'm not going to count out their chances. They have a great chance going forward, and we'll have to see what happens. They have Miami this week in Miami, another tough game. And I think from here on out, I'm not expecting any blowouts, nothing easy. It's it's playoff mode. Uh, just win. You don't have to win big. You don't have to win easy. Just win. If this team can continue to find ways to win with how maligned this defense is and now uh, the the, the way things have gone for you on offense, losing the, the pieces you've lost and continuing to find success, uh, just win, and I think everyone will be happy. Um, for all of your up-to-date live Patriots news and commentary, make sure you follow us uh, at LiveThePats uh, on Twitter for all your news. We'll continue to have updates on Gronkowski uh, and other injuries. I think you know Dobson and Tompkins are guys you expect to see back this week. We'll have updates on their injuries, updates from... Uh, any news breaking on the Patriots at Live the Pats. Don't forget to follow this podcast by subscribing on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Um, and make sure you send us our, your questions and comments. Uh, Live the Patriots at Yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, hear what you think, get questions, comments, uh, get you guys involved on the show. Uh, I want to know what you guys think. What, what do you guys think the Patriots' chances are going forward? You heard what I have to say. I want to hear what you have to say. Let me know. Twitter, email, however you want. Comment on the blog. Love to hear what you guys have to say. And I will talk to you on Friday as we preview the Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. Also on Thursday, we have the live show, Live the Patriots Now on Blog Talk Radio. Make sure you check that out as well. And hey, 27-26, the Patriots somehow win this game. 
an incredible come from behind victory. Never count the Patriots out. And we're moving along. Week 15, bring on the Dolphins. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday.